You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. Outrage, disbelief, confusion, just a few of the things many Americans are feeling after learning that their names, social security numbers, birth dates, addresses, and driver's license numbers are potentially in the hands of hackers. Equifax, a credit monitoring company with a database of America's personal information, was hacked in the largest data breach involving social security numbers in history, 143 million consumers. Equifax has set up a website, and here's part of what you'll hear if you call its 800 number to freeze your credit information. Welcome to the Equifax Automated Security Freeze System. This automated system will allow you to place, temporarily lift, or permanently remove a security freeze from your Equifax credit file in accordance with your individual state's file freeze law. There may be a charge. But here's part of the problem. To better serve you, the following information will be required in order to complete your request. Your state, numeric portion of your current address, and social security number. But do you really want to give Equifax this information again? Here to discuss the repercussions of this hack are two experts in cybersecurity, Eric Gordon, a professor at the University of Michigan Ross School of Business, and Craig Newman, a partner at Patterson Belknap. Eric, Equifax said criminals gained access to certain files in the company's systems by exploiting a weak point in website software, but there's no evidence of unauthorized activity on its main consumer or commercial credit reporting databases. Interpret that for us. What does it mean? Yeah, it means somebody, obviously a bad person, I mean, my mother didn't do this, has information on 143 million of us. And so far, as far as Equifax knows, uh, it hasn't been used, that information hasn't been used in a bad way. Now, you can all guess that it's only a matter of time uh, until Equifax discovers this or we discover this. But, uh, you know, does anybody believe this information was taken for anything other than bad purposes? Eric, are they saying that anything about their security system when they're saying exploiting a weak point in website software? Yeah, it gives you some idea of how the entrance happens. Are there different entry points into uh, these databases? Uh, and they've told us what they what they think the entry point was. It was on the website. So, so for people who you know are actually sort of into the technology of this, it does give a clue as to what where it happened, not necessarily how it happened. Eric, uh, I mean, uh, Craig, excuse me, Craig. This is a huge breach, obviously, but just 
if people are worried about what exactly has been exposed here, can you take us through some of the details of what got, you know, what got hacked? Sure, Michael. Yeah, it, it's very difficult, based on what we know now, to really figure out what information has been affected. Because if you look at the public disclosures that Equifax has made, they've said that, quote, certain files have been accessed and that potentially 143 million Americans have been affected. So it's, it's almost you don't know what you can't see because we don't have all that much information. I think that's why you know, consumers are scrambling and are kind of up in arms over the way this has been handled. But at the same time, all the companies, the data contributors that provide the information that makes Equifax and the other monitoring services go, they're also scrambling at the same time because they've got their own legal obligations. So you've got it coming at both sides. Eric, this is the third time in two years that Equifax has been hacked, not quite as badly the last two times. But did it improve its security following those other hacks? Did it put in more layers? You know, I don't know that for a fact, but I'm going to guess that they did because the history of hacking is this is this sort of escalation thing where you escalate your defenses, they uh, the hackers escalate their capabilities. So, you know, on on Monday, the good guys might be ahead. That is, well, I don't know if Equifax is the good guy, but Equifax's defenses might be stronger. On Tuesday, the hackers' uh, ability to attack might be stronger. This is just an endless, an endless cycle. And um, as far as you know, Craig, are there multiple layers of security at Equifax? We really don't know. I mean, you would think that a company that has the you know proverbial keys to the kingdom would have what we call layered security, and that's you know firewalls, internal intrusion detection, and all sorts of kind of the latest bells and whistles to make sure you're keeping this information safe. But again, we, we don't know exactly what Equifax or the other credit monitoring companies have. You would think, however, that given the value of these massive warehouses of information that they keep, that they would have pretty sophisticated layer security. The hack of Equifax, a credit monitoring company, was the largest data breach in history involving social security numbers. CyberScout founder Adam Levin explains why that makes this hack so serious. The problem is that the social security number is the skeleton key to our identities. And when that's stolen, we're in a position where we're going to have to be looking over our shoulders for the rest of our lives. We've been discussing this hack with Eric Gordon, a professor at the University of Michigan Ross School of Business, and Craig Newman, a partner at Betters Patterson Belknap. Craig, there's all kinds of advice out there. Do you have any advice about what people should do now? Look, it's the, the most important thing at this point is to put a credit freeze in with all the credit reporting agencies, and it's all three of them, because you want to prevent any sort of criminal from opening an account, taking out a loan, or doing anything in your name. And the way to do that is to put a credit freeze on, on your account. Eric, one of the things that uh, was most remarkable in the news uh, after all this happened was the news that two, senior, two executives at Equifax sold um, a lot of stock. 
shortly after learning about the uh, the breach. What's the story on this, and, and how could something like that end up happening? Well, it could end up happening innocently. It, it could have been a sale they planned in advance, but it looks terrible. looks terrible because of this. It turns out this hack apparently went on from mid-May to July, and somehow uh, Equifax didn't discover it. But they discovered it on July 29th and waited until last Thursday. They waited almost six weeks to make that news public, but Insider sold something like $1.8 million of their stock right away. So they got to do something that may have helped themselves that the rest of us didn't get to do. So even though it could be perfectly innocent, it could have been a pre-planned sale, it sure looks terrible to the other 143 million of us. Something I'm sure the SEC will be looking into. As well as the SEC, Craig, there are so many agencies involved in this. The FTC doing investigations, state attorneys general. There are going to be multiple congressional inquiries. Will this help security in the future? Well, this breach, June, it's it's bigger than, than Equifax because you're talking about big data and how these stockpiles of information are safeguarded really in the face of a really sophisticated threat environment. And at the same time, the growth of big data and these these warehouses of information just keeps leaping and growing. So you have really a collision of these two interests. And that's really going to be the story um, with Equifax. But, you know, you, you're also going to have, you've got two class actions already. You've got the New York Attorney General. You're going to have the usual chorus of cries for congressional hearings. But the real question is, is this going to become a teachable moment where people sit up and take notice and say, this is a really significant hack? Eric, you know, in addition to all the investigations that obviously have to go on and will go on here, there are a couple of class action lawsuits that have already been filed. Um, what kind of liability does a, does Equifax face here, uh, you know, under the law for having, you know, given the sheer amount of data we've got out in having been breached. Yeah, I think they face serious liability that's going to be measured in billions. That's with a B. And there are going to be three groups that come after them. The obvious group is the people whose data was stolen, but they're not the only ones. You're going to see class actions from shareholders in Equifax who are going to sue the officers and directors, which is the same as suing Equifax in the end, um, for um, for you know some kind of breach of duty. You're also going to see credit card issuers. The banks, the stores that actually issue credit cards, come after Equifax because they're going to have to issue, you know, millions and millions and millions of new credit cards. So they're going. Uh, Equifax is going to be facing lawsuits in a lot of courts from a lot of people, and uh, you know, we we know from the the prior the prior ones, the Home Depots, the Targets, uh, that they're they're going to end up settling, and it's going to be big amounts. Craig, have there there are three major credit reporting companies. Have the two others ever been hacked? Well, one of the others, Experian, had a hack two years ago, and but in terms of just sheer numbers, I think it was about fifteen or eighteen million consumers that were affected. So those were relatively minor compared to Equifax, 
where you have the potential, you know, as Eric noted, you have the potential of probably the largest class action lawsuit ever with 40 some odd percent of the American population as class members. And Eric, is there is it just impossible to stop these hacks? It just it seems I mean the government's been hacked, there's been so many hacks. Is it impossible to stop them? Yeah, I mean ironically the other big social security hack was a government site, Office of Personnel Management. I don't think it's possible to stop them, but you know, the law doesn't require won't probably won't require you to be perfect, but I think what the law is going to evolve to require at least for people like credit agencies that have social security numbers, birth dates, things that can haunt you forever, is that you show that you did everything that was the state of the art at the time. Uh, and if you did anything less, I think you're going to be in trouble. I think what the law needs to do is to make the penalties uh, designed in such a way that every company that has really sensitive data spends whatever money it takes I'm going to have to, to stop you there, Eric, but we'll be back to this topic. Thank you both. That's Eric Gordon, a professor at the University of Michigan Ross School of Business, and Craig Newman, a partner at Patterson Belknap. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, Google appealing a record fine from the EU to the highest court in the EU. This is Bloomberg. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.